0: Good morning, Conduit. How are you? My name is Cameron. I'm the pastor here. And um, if you have a Bible, uh, I want you to open it to the book of Proverbs. Now, Proverbs is like one of the easiest books in the Bible to find if you don't know where it is. And if you don't, that's, that's good because we're going to teach you this morning. It's like open up to the middle of your Bible. And you're either going to hit Psalms or you're going to hit Proverbs. And if you hit Psalms, go to your right. And if you hit Proverbs, we're in the right place, okay? So, um, and we're going to make it even easier this morning by being uh, in Proverbs chapter 1. Today is the first day of a new sermon series we're preaching um, in Proverbs. Uh, and it's based on the wisdom of God. Proverbs as the wisdom of God. Now, if you were here last week, we talked about how Proverbs is, Proverbs is kind of like that, it's the, if God, if God had a Twitter, all right, if God was, God was sending out tweets to everyone, it would look like the book of Proverbs. So short, maybe like 140 character or less, um little sayings of wisdom or advice and some of it is like uh, little baby aspirin pills to swallow and then some of it is like big horse pills to swallow. And so over the next eight weeks we're going to do our best to um, look at Proverbs as a whole book although it wasn't written like someone writes down and starts with Proverbs one, 1 and then ends with Proverbs 31 it it wasn't written in that type of narrative form but there are all throughout Proverbs consistent themes that you see and so we have kind of eight weeks of each week we're going to look at a different kind of major theme that is all throughout um, all throughout the book so um Join me. Let's uh, join me in a word of prayer over our time here this morning. Lord, we thank you for the grace given to us, Lord, that welcomes welcomes us into your presence and worship. We thank you, Father, that because of Jesus, our worship finds your ears and it's pleasing to you. Lord, you are worthy of so much more than what we sing. Lord, you are worthy of all that we have, all all of our praise, all of our adoration, Lord, all of our obedience. Lord, and we desire to give that to you. But Lord, we also confess how unable we are to do that on our own. How unable we are to offer you a sacrifice and offering of worship that is truly pleasing. How unable we are on our own to hear your word and to receive it as truth and apply it to our lives. Lord, how, how unable we are, Lord, to live and walk in obedience every day. Father, Father, we we need Jesus. That, that anything good we can offer you, any praise that is pleasing to you, any, any step of obedience that we take, any truth that is revealed to us from your word, is because through your Holy Spirit you have, you have empowered us to do so. Father, we thank you And we ask, Lord, your continued presence with us as we study your word, Lord, as we are encouraged and affirmed in transformation. In Jesus' name, amen. So maybe uh, just a few um, facts about Proverbs first. um, most, Most scholars believe that you know, the vast majority, upwards of 90% of the Proverbs that we have, all 31 chapters, were written in some way, shape, or form, or at least influenced in some way, shape, or form by King Solomon, David, uh, King David's son. And uh, like I said, they're, they're not necessarily a, it's not like a narrative account. You know? So like if you go and you read a gospel, you're told a story that has kind of a discerned beginning, and end, beginning with the usually the beginning of Jesus' ministry, and ending um, almost universally with his ascension. And so you you can track on a timeline that story. But the same is not true for Proverbs. Proverbs is not a story per se. It's more like a like an anthology of sayings. Um, and In uh, in the ancient Near East, or the culture that Proverbs was developed in or came out of, they were uh, you know we're primarily a written, and now even in like 21st century 2019 um, a written, but not just written, but a digital culture. So when we when we have information, and we want to make sure that that information survives from one generation to the next. We put it in a form that we know the next generation will be able to receive and then, and then transmit to the next generation. And that's how our cultural values are, are kind of trans, transferred. That's why Um, That's why you and I and most people know anything about things like the War of 1812 or even World War I, right? Because we can open up history books and we can read about them and the events were captured in a written way. Well, um, in the ancient Near East, uh, we're talking about a, a, a different culture. It was not a written culture. It obviously wasn't a digital culture. It was an oral culture. So when there was a story... Or when there was a tradition, or when there was any kind of like um, um, religious tradition, for instance, then it was passed on from generation to generation um, orally. Meaning, a, a story was told, or or you would sit your son. I would sit my son down at the uh, at the proverbial kitchen table, and I would tell him things like you see the writer of Proverbs telling the Reader, he whose walk is upright fears the Lord, but he whose ways are devious despises the Lord. And so these lessons, teaching, right, were always transmitted in an oral fashion, um, similar to the way life lessons would be transmitted from parent child. And so what we have here in our form of um, proverbs is we have like a kind of a codified written anthology of a long list of oral traditions that were passed on from Solomon to those he was instructing, leading, And teaching. And they span the spectrum all the way from general thoughts on what it means to be a wise person to um, this idea that we're going to explore in a few weeks about fearing God. And and how how the, the, the biblical notion of fearing God is much different than what you and I think of when we think of the word. Or the emotion of fear. Which is almost universally a negative emotion. But Proverbs goes... uh, It makes uh, no bones about it. That the way to wisdom... The way to gain understanding... The way to be a wise person... Is to fear God. In fact, um, Solomon writes that here in uh, chapter 1, verse 7. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. But fools despise wisdom and discipline. And so the lessons that Solomon was seeking to teach... Those who was, he was leading, his children even spans the spectrum from general ideas about wisdom to fearing the Lord. Next week we're going to talk about um, giving and receiving advice. You ever been on the? You, have you ever been on the receiving end of advice that you didn't want? Yeah. Or have you ever been on the giving end of advice that you knew someone needed to hear, but they weren't in the place to receive it? So Proverbs talks a lot about giving and receiving advice, about anger, about, um, about hard work, about money and business practices, about our speech, about our integrity, about our character. And so those are all lessons that we're going to be uh, looking at in the next uh, seven to eight weeks or so. You know, we don't see this in every book in the Bible that we read, but because Proverbs is an anthology and it, it has this introduction section to it right at the beginning, which is what I want to read this morning. Now, they call it the prologue of Proverbs. And and what it does is it it like it tells you right up front this is what this is what Proverbs is about. Everything that you're about to, everything that's been written down, everything that we're, we're, um, we're keeping within this written record for you, every, everything that's being passed on, like this is what it's all about. And so if you want to know what's the purpose of Proverbs, why does God need a Twitter, right? Why, why, why pithy little statements rather than long stories or narratives? Um, Solomon's going to tell you here in verses 1 through 7 in Proverbs chapter 1. states the theme or the purpose of Proverbs as a whole. Is the Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel. And you see this colon, right? Is that, here's what they're for now. Number one, for attaining wisdom... And discipline, for understanding words of insight, for acquiring a disciplined and prudent life, doing what is right and just and fair, for giving prudence to the simple, knowledge and discretion to the young. Let the wise listen and add to their learning and let the discerning get guidance for understanding proverbs and parables, the sayings and riddles of the wise. Excuse me. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and discipline. And so right out, right out the gate, Solomon goes to work telling you what Proverbs is for. It's for uh, attaining wisdom and discipline. It's for, it's for understanding words of insight or advice or discernment. About, about like distinguishing between what is right and wrong. About what path to take in what direction, during what circumstances. Anyone ever been stuck where they feel like they're at a fork in the road and they have to make a decision to go one way or another and there's not a clear way to go? And you, you really wish that, man, I wish I was just like wise enough to know the direction to take in this moment. I wish I could determine or distinguish if there was a right way or a wrong way, a clear direction, or if I could go either way, and it's both be fine. Understanding words of insight, attaining wisdom and discipline, acquiring a disciplined life. For acquiring a disciplined life. I don't know about you, and I I hesitate always to speak for you. I'm happy to speak for myself in saying that. Um, Boy, do I need a more disciplined life. Boy, would even just a teaspoon more of discipline in my life produce uh, fruit and change that I that I know would last and, and create like righteousness in my life. But um, but but discipline is a um, is a fleeting principle, is it not? A difficult thing to, do, to develop. Some people are naturally very disciplined. I am not a naturally very disciplined person. Um, so it's for acquiring a disciplined life. For being prudent. For making prudent decisions. And so if you find yourself or have found yourself at any point in time in your life... Wanting to attain more wisdom and discipline, wanting to understand how to make um, discerning and distinguishing decisions, how to how to acquire a disciplined life, how to be more prudent in the decisions that you make, either about your relationships or your finances or your home or your work or your or the words that you say. Then Proverbs is a book for you. That this is a place where where you might meet God, where the Holy Spirit can reveal the truth of God's word into your heart and life. Um, It's into, uh, I would would encourage you over the next uh, seven to eight weeks, Proverbs is, um, Proverbs is the perfect length. It's 31 chapters, okay? And um, it is like, the perfect book to read every day, because you almost always know what the date is, right? Today is the eleventh, right? The eleventh. Okay, so today is the eleventh, right? Kind of like a, you know, you wake up sleepy eyed, you get your cup of coffee, you want you want to spend some time with the Lord in the Word, but you're like you haven't yet developed a discipline of daily reading, and so you don't you kind of like. You've, you've been in one of those habits where you just open the Bible and wherever you open it to, you just read that, right? And, and while that's better than not reading at all, right, sometimes it helps to develop a, a daily discipline of reading the Word. And if we know where we can go to get into the Word, the Holy Spirit's going to do all kinds of work in your heart and in your life when you get in it, right? Right? And so I know, like, man, I, I don't know. Got my coffee. I'm tired. I'm I'm sleepy. I want to spend time with the Lord. I don't know where to go. Oh yeah, Proverbs has 31 chapters in it, and today is the 11th. So I guess I'll go to Proverbs chapter 11, right? And I'll spend a proverb a day. We can. S- it's so cliche. I'm not even gonna say a proverb a day keeps the devil away, but maybe. We- God, if God had a Twitter, there you go. Hashtag that one for you, okay? Um, but, uh, you know, as, you're, as we're walking through the book of Proverbs, I would encourage you, right, if you are eager to develop a greater discipline of time in the word, then just pick up that really, really um, simple, easy to read habit of reading the proverb in the morning that corresponds with the date. And uh, by the time we're all the way through our series, you will have read, um, you will have read the entire book of Proverbs plus some, okay? And you will have attained wisdom and discipline. You will be continuing um, in understanding words of insight and discernment. You will have begun the steps to acquiring a disciplined life and being prudent. I am sure of it. You know, um, Proverbs itself speaks to the importance of desiring things like wisdom. Now, I don't know if I've ever met anyone who says I want to be a fool. Um, But Proverbs says that the opposite of wisdom is foolishness these two competing things, right? And, um, and that uh, kind of by like kind of by omission. If you, if you are one that is not pursuing a life and decisions of wisdom, then you are showing yourself to be a fool. that if, that if wisdom is not something that you are chasing after. If wisdom is not, if, if wisdom is not a goal of your relationship with Jesus Christ, then, then there's foolishness written all over your heart. Proverbs or Solomon wrote it in a couple different ways. He wrote it, of course, in verse 7 that we already read, that, the, that fools despise wisdom and discipline. Hey, look, I don't need your good advice. I don't need your, your pithy sayings, right? I don't need to develop uh, a discipline of holding my tongue or controlling my anger or knowing what it's like to save instead of going to massive debt or work really hard or I don't I don't need any of that all right I got my kind of got my own way of living my own way of working this thing out and what proverbs is going to say is that if you're not seeking out ways of wisdom then you're living as a fool that 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 wisdom is a prize worth chasing. That, that wisdom is a goal worth setting, it is a target worth shooting at accurately. There are a couple instances here where the value of wisdom is described by Solomon. The value of it. In Proverbs chapter 3. Verse 13, 14, and 15. Blessed is the one who finds wisdom, the one who gains understanding for she. She is more profitable than silver and yields better returns than gold. She is more precious than rubies. Nothing you desire can compare with her wisdom throughout the book here you're going to find is personified meaning that it's it's given a a personification of of she as a as a as a woman and this was this was a technique and something that was used in the ancient near east to kind of like um in a way incarnate practical lessons and morality into a person because it's more Easily communicated and definable. So the writer here, Solomon, describes that that wisdom is more precious, more profitable than silver. Yields better returns than gold. More precious than rubies. Nothing you desire can compare with how valuable wisdom is for your life. Nothing can compare. This is not the only place. Later in Proverbs chapter 8, we see a similar statement about wisdom. In speaking again of the personification of wisdom, wisdom here is like said to be speaking in chapter 8. And in verse 10, wisdom speaks out and says... Choose my instruction instead of silver, knowledge rather than choice gold. For wisdom is more precious than rubies, and nothing you desire can compare with her. I think what the point here is is that is that wisdom is valuable. It is worth pursuing. And it is something that should not be taken or pursued lightly. That it has, it has eternal value for you. It will, it will bring better returns in your life than if you held a gold bar. That it is more precious in your eyes than, the, than rubies look. More profitable than diamonds. Now, when we talk about wisdom here, we must, be, we must be certain to clarify like what kind of wisdom we're talking about because um, even Scripture talks about two different types of wisdom. Uh, scripture talks about um, what on one hand is considered worldly wisdom... And on the other hand, is considered, uh, in some places it's called godly wisdom, in other places it's called heavenly wisdom. We might refer to it as biblical wisdom, but suffice it to say, wisdom, all wisdoms are not created equal. That there is wisdom of the world, and that there is godly um, wisdom. Now, if if we were to kind of Define or try to distinguish between the two. We would say that um, the the pursuit of worldly wisdom is more is a is a pursuit that's based on like knowledge and information. If I want to be uh, wise in the ways of the world, right? I uh, I might go out and get uh, a degree and then get an advanced degree. Maybe do some writing, some philosophizing, or some, uh, some pursuit of knowledge and information that would set me above and beyond um, men and women of my peers in terms of my, my intellect and my insight into culture, into society, maybe into a, a particular political realm or religious realm or spiritual realm that the pursuit of wisdom from a worldly perspective is all about pursuing knowledge and information puffing up the head right so that i have an answer for everything all the time even if it's wrong okay so there's worldly uh, worldly wisdom that's based in the pursuit of knowledge and and information, and then there's godly wisdom, which is based on the character and nature of God in the person of Jesus Christ. That that Scripture universally proclaims that that wisdom that comes from God is based in not a not a. Not a list of information, not an not a amount of knowledge that you have, but that, that the wi- wisdom that comes from God is wrapped up and is completely encapsulated in the person of Jesus Christ. There's this... Um, Universal, not universal problem, there's this problem that we have um, when it comes to talking about wisdom is that we have so closely linked um, knowledge and information with wisdom that it becomes hard for us to distinguish between um, the wisdom of God or heavenly wisdom and the wisdom of the world. See the... The reality is, is that we are, as a people, as a, as a culture, I should say, um, we are incredibly fat on information, like bloated on information. There is information at the tip of your fingers, all day, every day, whenever you want it. So much information that you it you we you, you drowned in information. We have become fat on information while at the same time absolutely starving for truth. Absolutely starving for wisdom. Don't, don't go any further than the armpit of the internet, social media, to determine that we have all of the everyone knows everything, right? but no one is wise about anything. Right? Information is so plentiful, but everyone is so dumb. Right? We, we, we're fat on knowledge. We're starving for wisdom. We're starving for something that speaks over top of knowledge and information and, and, and actually addresses ...the core of human condition... ...the core of human being... ...our heart, right? Our, our soul, right? The, the, the place out of which everything from us flows. And so we have to determine when we are pursuing wisdom... ...how we are going to pursue it. What exactly as, as men and women... Who, ...who desire to follow Jesus to be trained by His Word, to be sanctified by His Holy Spirit, how are we going to pursue a wise life? Are we going to be convinced that we just need to learn more? That the the key to becoming wise, the key to developing a disciplined life, the key for, for developing or acquiring um, increased discernment in our life or 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 prudence or acquiring more discipline is that we're just we just don't have all of the information that we need and if we just read one more book or one more blog or listen to one more podcast or hear one more sermon then we will finally have acquired the wisdom and the information that we need to be wise we just need to go through one more experience and apply it rightly to our life and like just sort through and comb through all of the extras, right? Is that it? Is it? Do we, do we lack wisdom because we lack knowledge and information? Certainly not. Because it seems like as knowledge and information goes up, wisdom goes down. So it seems like there's something else Going on here, it seems like wisdom exists someplace else outside of just knowledge and information. So this is a series in Proverbs, but um, you know we're going to trust and use the whole counsel of Scripture, um, and wisdom is is not something that's avoided at all in the New Testament. And so um, you can keep your thumb or your finger in Proverbs if if you'd like, but I'd like you to turn over to um, the book of 1 Corinthians, which is in the New Testament. So you go to Matthew, the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, Romans, and then 1 Corinthians. Well, it's kind of at the beginning, third of the New Testament. I'm going to see here in this moment that Paul uh, begins to describe the difference in wisdoms, the two wisdoms that exist, okay? And you're going to, you'll, will also notice here that the, like the, the defining factor for him between worldly wisdom and godly wisdom is not the amount of information, but it's a person. Okay? So we're in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, uh, starting at verse 18. For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. But to us who are being saved it is the power of God. For it is written I will destroy the wisdom of the wise. The intelligence of the intelligent I will frustrate. Where is the wise man? Where? Is the scholar? Where is the philosopher of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? For since in the wisdom of God, the world, through its own wisdom, did not know him, God was pleased through the foolishness of what was preached. To save those who believe. Let's pause here for a second. All right? What's Paul saying? Paul's saying that there are wise people among us, right? There are scholars. There are philosophers of this age. There are wise men. And they have um, for uh, millennia and maybe years or decades or centuries or Traditions and cultures um, described uh, to know and be wise, to have um, to have the, the the knowledge necessary to attain relationship with God. You got to seek enlightenment. You have to seek education. You have to seek understanding, you seek morality Um, you you seek to be a a, a kind and loving and good person Um, do these things, do these things, do these things where is the wise man and the scholar and the philosopher of this age has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world, so listen in verse 21 for since in the wisdom of God so God had wisdom here to think this through, right? In the wisdom of God, the world, through its wisdom, did not know him. So the world was ha- had this wise, right, quote-unquote, wise way of thinking that they knew God. Do the right things. Say the right words. Act in the right way. Um, have the right traditions. Like, that seems like a wise decision. I just... Need to be more. Uh, I just need to be increasingly moral, increasingly ethical, and 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 that will make me know, have knowledge, or relationship with God. So so God, in His wisdom, saw that his wisdom was not producing for the people not the knowledge of Him that they thought it was. And so it says, God was pleased, God was pleased through the foolishness of what was preached to save those who believe. Jews demand miraculous signs, Greeks look for wisdom, but we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to the Jews and foolishness to the Gentiles But to those whom God has called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God, and the wisdom of God. For the foolishness of God is wiser than man's wisdom, and the weakness of God is stronger than man's strength. Godly wisdom. Godly wisdom here, according to Paul, in the letter to the Corinthians Godly wisdom is the worldly foolishness of Jesus Christ crucified. Godly wisdom is the worldly foolishness of Jesus Christ crucified. What does that even mean? According to the world, right it would seem absolute foolishness to assert that in order for you and I to know God truly, to know God fully, that we had to rely completely upon the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. See, we've been Conditioned to believe that every word that we say, every thought that we have, every step that we take on the disciplined life to God makes a difference in our closeness or far or farness away from God. As Paul said here, like, hey, look, the Jews, they, they wanted miraculous signs. To be able to like know and comprehend who God was, the, the Greeks they wanted um, they wanted wisdom, right? They looked for philosophy and intellect and rhetoric and fancy words, to try and comprehend who God was. But God God saw through. The worldly wisdom. God saw past the worldly wisdom and in his own wisdom declared that his godly wisdom is the worldly foolishness of Jesus Christ and him crucified. This stumbling block. See, worldly wisdom has at its basis that you and I possess all that is necessary in life to live problem-free, to, to discern and to distinguish and to be intelligent and to be, um, to be educated. That, that we in ourselves possess everything that we need to know and experience and to be in relationship with God and and when we when we live when we live like we possess everything that it takes to be in relationship with God then Jesus Christ crucified is a stumbling block for us right it's it's something that we trip over trying to get closer to God. Like we just, every time we're, we're running towards God in our own morality and in our own effort, and then we get to this place where Jesus Christ and him crucified, we trip over it because we can't, we can't see how our relationship with God is solely based on the work of Jesus Christ. Wisdom is often seen, as we've talked already, is often seen as what we know, the the um, information or intelligence that we have mixed with our own personal experience. But... But godly wisdom doesn't seem to be communicated or does not the same thing at all. Godly wisdom is not about the information that you have, the education that you have, the experiences that you have gone through. Wisdom really is more about knowing um, like what well to draw water from. That, that as you are thirsty, wisdom is knowing what well to draw water from water drawn from the well of worldly wisdom remains stagnant, putrid, diseased, and only leaves you increasingly thirsty. It's the whole. It's the whole like um, change the trajectory of your spiritual life by just getting more information, right? Sit through another sermon. Read another book. Listen to another podcast, right? Read another blog. And what happens at the end of the thing that was supposed to take us to the next step? We realize that we're just as thirsty, we're just as spiritually, emotionally, mentally, heart. Thirsty as we were when we entered into that thing. Because it's not just about getting to the next step intellectually. Water drawn from the well of godly wisdom is the well of life. It is the well that Jesus spoke of In John chapter 4, verses 13 and 14, you know this story. The woman at the well, Jesus answered, the woman, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water that I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them A spring of water welling up to eternal life. Water drawn from the well of worldly wisdom is putrid, diseased, and only leaves us increasingly thirsty for more. Water drawn from the well of godly wisdom is the well of life. The well that satisfies every thirst that you will have so we needed to talk about that because as we move on through the book of proverbs we're going en- we're going to encounter um, wisdom for several different areas of life okay so here's here's the upcoming weeks i've got a slide for you so you know which weeks to skip and which weeks to definitely be here um uh, week one today is obviously the the pursuit of wisdom the the importance right the um the profitableness of wisdom for your life the difference between worldly wisdom which is all based on just getting more education and information and and knowledge and um, godly wisdom which is a wisdom that is based upon not an amount of knowledge but based upon Jesus Christ and him crucified Right, our complete surrender and reliance on him Uh, so next week it would be wisdom for giving and receiving advice. And the, and the reason I, I share these with you and the reason we're, they're like titled Wisdom for Fearing God, Wisdom for Speech, is because in each of these categories, there are two types of wisdom. Right? There's worldly wisdom about how we're supposed to speak and what's appropriate to say when and how and to who. Right? And then there's godly wisdom. Right, so this is a story of my life here. Right? I'm just going to share with you my personal testimony of saying dumb things at the wrong time to the wrong people. Okay? And how godly wisdom for my speech would have saved me a lot of grief. Uh, but in each of these categories, there's ways in which the world encourages us to respond. Oh, you're angry? Fan the flame, right? Fan the flame, right? Or hard work, right? You know, you've, you've heard the phrase, the, the worldly wisdom of, uh, of what? What do they say? What's the worldly phrase of hard work? Work smarter, not harder, right? Uh, scripture actually says to do both, you know, like work smart and work hard. Um, you have uh, wisdom for integrity, right? There are different standards for integrity. We've talked about a little bit about this in the last few weeks, like the um, the, the the standard of integrity that's based on like um, multiple white lies, right? Not a big deal because they're not they're not really important, right? And the standard of integrity that says that we need to stay the course all the time. So there's wisdom for giving and receiving advice, wisdom for fearing God, wisdom for sp- our speech wisdom for our integrity, wisdom for our anger, wisdom for hard work, and wisdom for our money. So we must understand, people, that we are not on a quest for more information and knowledge. I am not here to simply feed your mind, to puff you up, to pump you full of theological information so that you have the right answer when you feel like you're under the gun and need it, right? Godly wisdom is all about being infused with the power of the resurrected Jesus Christ through the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. And so my prayer and my hope is that as we go through the book of Proverbs and as we examine things like my speech and times when I've been angry and times when I've wanted to not work very hard but just kind of like, um, coast through or times when I've been um, when, when, my, when, when it would have been easier to have a lack of integrity than to stand on integrity or, or times when um, I really was like not spending money or the resources that God had entrusted to me in a way that would glorify him but only glorified myself that there is another way. That there is another way. And not to say that the choices are easy, and not to say that the lines between all of them are really clear and drawn, really dark, so that you know so that the that the choices are, are easy, but that but that through the Holy Spirit living within you, that as you as you give yourself to the core of godly wisdom which is faith in the crucified Jesus Christ, that the, Holy, that the Holy Spirit will speak truth and wisdom into you so that in situations like these and other situations in your life, you might have occasion, opportunity, courage to make wise decisions. Wise decisions. Would really encourage you to do the like proverb a day keeps the devil away hashtag if God had a Twitter, right? So read a proverb a day, right? According to the date. Um, If you have a smartphone or a computer or you get on the www.internets.com. You will know that on our Facebook page and on our Instagram this past week, um, we posted a link to an um, online devotional for Proverbs that you can follow along with us that starts tomorrow and uh, make comments on that and, and talk um, uh, with each other uh, online. Um, it's a devotional, so I want you to... Um, take full advantage of our time in Proverbs. All right, enough talking. Let me, uh, let me uh, pray over you as uh, the worship team comes back up. Father in heaven, pray that you would Help us to receive wisdom. Wisdom that is not based in um, the pursuit of knowledge or the pursuit of information. Things that just puff up our own intellect or show the world around us how, quote-unquote, wise or intelligent or insightful that we are. But Lord, may our wisdom... May our wisdom stand firm and complete in Jesus Christ, Lord. May our may the choices that we make when um, when we come to crossroads about anger or um, our speech or hard work or money or whatever, Lord. Um, may we make decisions that are based on the conviction and leading of the Holy Spirit within us. Lord, give us courage to do that. Let's not be afraid to name the reality that the Holy Spirit speaks, and sometimes we do the opposite. But Father, may we be continually spoken to, and encouraged, and affirmed in the path of godly wisdom that leaves worldly wisdom behind and that moves on into Christ-centered living. In Jesus' name, amen.